You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. I mean, the Bible says thrice, three times he was shipwrecked. He was stoned. Not like some people were stoned last night, but... No, he was, he was stoned as in they took stones to kill him. I was a little, little apprehensive. Mrs. Brown was talking about that uh, pastor was going to smoke that ham, and I could hear some rumbling behind me. And with Brother David and Brother Stephen Davis, I'm thinking, okay, uh, here it comes. Pastor smokes. Uh, and so uh, anyway, I was just sort of waiting for it. Brother Stephen said it. He just threw you under the bus, brother. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, but, but here we find the Apostle Paul. He was not just in one problem. He was not just facing one battle. It was battle after battle after battle. I mean, after he got saved, the church rejected him because of his past lifestyle. Let me tell you, our past life, we have to live to get past our past. And for, for a life of brokenness, a life of persecution, a life, whatever that sinful life was, for us to be known as something other than that, we have to live long enough in the future to where people don't know us by our past. You know, what a, what a blessing that that is. Uh, and many of you are sitting here and you have experienced that yourself. Uh, there was a, there was a, uh, a um, uh, we use the word testimony, and, and it's, a, uh, it's a Christian name, a Christian word. Uh, I'm trying to uh, think of the secular word for uh, testimony, what you're known by. Reputation, there we go. Uh, we have reputation and people know us by what we do and how we act. And, and, you know, when we get saved and we start trying to serve the Savior, it's going to take a while. Not only is it going to take a while for us to, to really start putting things into order, but it's also going to take a while for that person that you partied with to see you as something other than a partier. The one that you drank with, the one that you drugged with, used drugs with, the one that you uh, you caroused with, all of the 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 lifestyle, that old life. You've got to live the new life long enough to where you're not known by it. Paul had gotten saved, and and the church was the church wasn't even receptive of him because. They thought he was trying to infiltrate the church, find out who the believers were, so he could continue the persecution and killing, the martyring uh, of believers. And so Paul had been, from the time he got saved, I mean, he went into battle after battle after battle. We find him in Acts chapter 27. He's in the middle of a storm. It was a storm that would have been a name storm, so we're talking about probably a hurricane, and Eurachlodon, and he's on a ship out in the middle of this water, and he is, he is a prisoner getting ready to go be tried for another storm. And he's in a storm as he's heading to another storm that will eventually 
cause him to lose his life and he will be a martyr for Christ. And here as we look at this and Paul in the midst of this storm, I want you to look with me at our text again and look at verse number 20. He said, And neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. This morning I want to speak to you on the subject, When Hope is Lost. When hope is lost. What do you do when hope is lost? And I'm looking around an auditorium, and I know people that are watching online, and there are many individuals right now that are in that spot where there doesn't seem to be any hope. When hope is lost. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would help us this morning. We are so thankful that you never leave us without hope. And I pray today that as we look at this passage and uh, this, uh, this preserved word that you have uh, kept for us, this is not a fiction story. This isn't just an illustration. Lord, these are the very words of God that you have given to us to, to glean guidance, to glean direction, uh, to be able to gain some hope when we find ourselves in the middle of a storm. And so I pray that you'd help us, please. Help those that are, uh, that are in the middle of this tempestuous wind and they are uh, tossed to and fro. I pray, God, that you would just work in their lives. There are others that can see the storm clouds starting to raise up over the, uh, over the horizon and they, they can recognize a storm is coming their way. Uh, but Lord, I pray that each and every one of us today will be helped and strengthened uh, by these truths. And so work now in the lives of of your people. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Every one of us will go through storms. It's not if a storm is going to come, it is when the storm is going to come. Those storms of life are very real, and some uh, have, uh, it appears that some have more storms than others. And we look at people's lives and uh, we see people that go from uh, tragedy to tragedy and from storm to storm to storm and uh, burden to burden to burden. And, and, and you sort of wonder, uh, why is that? And, and, and you know, as a, as a believer, we have to trust that there is a sovereign God who has a plan. And, and let, me, let, me, let me just ask you, is, is God in control? That sounded a little passive there. That sounded a little unsure. It didn't sound like you were persuaded. Is God in control? If God is in control, then we then have to, as a child of God, we have to be able to trust that he has a plan. 
And in that plan, we look that, that Paul, from the day that he got saved, and you go back to Acts chapter 9, we're not going to go there for time's sake, so we can get done before 2, uh, and, uh, and, and maybe I'll get out of my introduction. Uh, but uh, anyway, no, we, we look at, from the time he got saved, uh, the Lord had to uh, go, and he had to uh, talk to uh, a believer and convince him to go and, and, and receive uh, Paul, who was called Saul at that time. And the reason was, uh, he said that he would suffer many things for my name's sake. From the very beginning, part of God's plan was that Paul was going to suffer for his name's sake. You know, there are people who suffer, and that suffering is a part of a sovereign plan. You know, it's one thing to say, I know God's in control. It's one, another thing to embrace His plan for us. Suffering is going to come to all of us. Burdens are going to come to all of us. Hurts are going to come to all of us. And how then do we navigate through them? How then do we deal with uh, these pressures and these, these problems that we face uh, in our life? And we live in a world where there are many wonderful opportunities. And there are some mountains to climb, but there's also some valleys to walk through. And as we go through this journey of life, there's coming a day when we are going to get at a place where we may be feeling that all hope is lost. Imagine with me if you were on this ship. Imagine the, 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 uh, the captains of this ship, as you read the full chapter, uh, they are going to get rid of the cargo uh, and trying to lighten the load of the ship because they feel like this ship is going to go down. In this storm, they don't stop there. They even take away the tackling of the ship. Uh, they are trying to remove any amount of weight to be able to still uh, just survive. And, and they throw off the cargo. Then they get rid of the tackling of of the ship, uh, the, any opportunity then to steer, to control, to guide, all of that is now uh, tossed overboard, and they are just being driven by this wind. Uh, they are being uh, overrun by these waves, and as they're in that spot, uh, the Bible says that there was, at that point, that all hope was lost. All hope that they should be saved was lost. You know, there are some storms in life that are self-imposed. Have you ever had one of those storms? Those self-inflicted storms? You know, I hate those storms. I mean, those are the storms that it's like, why was I so stupid? I mean, when I can't blame somebody else, and I got to take responsibility for myself, 
for the problems that I face. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a debt issue. Uh, maybe it's uh, spending. Uh, maybe you, you go and you, you go buy a car and then later you, you drive away and the next day, uh, a couple days later, all of a sudden you are sick as can be that you just uh, got pressured into buying a car or uh, maybe there was some other event and, and there were some self-inflicted or self-imposed storms that we have to work through and get ourselves out and sort of bail ourselves out uh, because we put ourselves in a bad spot. But that wasn't the case here. Paul was in the middle of God's will, and he was in a storm. You know, you can be in the middle of God's will and face some storms. There's nothing that you did to create them. Think about that. You know, when storms come, oftentimes we're trying to figure out who to blame. And sometimes we're looking at the storm as though there was something that we did to create that storm. There are some storms that come your direction that you didn't do anything to create that storm. So what do we do? How do we work through these storms? When hope is lost, I want you to see, first of all, uh, let's look together uh, at uh, uh, verse number 13. Go back to verse number 13. We're going to read several uh, verses here. We're going to read from 13 down to 21. Uh, The Bible says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which was called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest we should fall into the quicksands. They strake sail and so were driven. And we being exceeding tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, uh, all hope was uh, that we should be saved was then taken away. But after After long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not to have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. Now, I love the Apostle Paul. He was so bold, but I would not have liked him in this time if I was the captain of the ship. Uh, You should have listened to me. (laughs) Who, Who likes that person that said, I told you so? And that's what Paul is doing right now. He's saying, listen, I told you uh, that this event was going to come. You know what? Uh, With that, I think Paul was, it wasn't that he was trying to to build his own, he wasn't trying to get a pat on the back. He was recognizing they needed leadership. He recognized that they needed somebody that they could trust. And it wasn't that he was trying to build a kingdom for himself. He was just saying, listen, you're in this spot. I told you we were going to be in this spot. Now let me tell you what we need to do next. Let me, let me help you uh, get through this, this uh, part here. Uh, so verse number 21, it says, But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. Now, uh, what I want to see us here, when hope is lost, what do we do? Uh, number one, we need to tarry. 
We need to tarry. Just wait. The Bible says, after long abstinence. That word abstinence comes from a word which means control. Then it splits off, if you look through a word map, it goes from control to management, and then it comes back down all the way to a fast. And here, what do we find? We find that Paul was tearing and he was fasting. Why? Because he was in an uncontrollable place. And you know what he needed? He needed some control. He needed to be able to sense that there was somebody in control. Let me tell you, if we start backing out, have you ever been in a situation and after it was all over, you start looking back at it and you think, oh yeah, I see this and I see this and I see how all these things had worked together and you could, you could see a sovereign interaction, how God was working to bring something about. And let me tell you something, God is in control. And God is not only in control, he is managing what is going on. And in that, he is managing what goes on in our life. And how do we get that stability? How do we uh, understand? How are we able to have that connection? Paul tarried, but after long abstinence, after a long time of fasting. You know, fasting is not just a physical thing. Fasting is a spiritual component. There is a physical component to fasting, and now you, I mean, there's all kinds of different uh, health things coming out about fasting and intermittent fasting and uh, do this and this and this, and uh, for $19.95, for uh, 23 payments of $19.95, we can help you uh, and lose 10 pounds. And so, uh, but, but there are all kinds of different things, and fasting, there is a component that is a physical side of fasting, but... Fasting is also a way to wait on God. The Lord said, be still and know that I am God. You know, in the midst of a storm, the last thing we want to do is just sit and wait. We feel like we've got to do something. And I'm not saying that there aren't times that we do have to make some changes, and there are things that we have to implement. But some storms that we are in, we have to just stop and say, okay, God, I'm going to wait on you. You lead me in these next steps. You be the one to help guide me. And Paul here, he was tearing, he was, he was waiting. Uh, that, uh, that word abstinence, uh, assistia, uh, it's to fast. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away, but after long abstinence. Uh, so there was, during that time, they, he got to a place, the, the people were at a place that there was no hope. Uh, and after uh, a fast, now God is giving him some direction on what he needs to do. Uh, all hope was lost. And the fasting was a response to the, to the trial that they were going through. You know, when trials come, you know what we should do? We should fast. 
Boy, I just got quiet. When was the last time, Christian, you fasted? You remember in Mark chapter 9, there was a man that came to the Lord. The disciples, his boy, his child, uh, was, was demon-possessed. And in this, this event, we find that uh, the, the dad, he brings his son to the disciples to cast out the demon. And, and the disciples couldn't cast him out. He brings uh, the boy to Jesus, and Jesus casts this demon out. And in the process, uh, the, the disciples are watching, and they're, they're trying to figure out what just took place and how this event happened. And after the the man and the boy are gone. The, the disciples asked the Lord and said, why could we not cast out these, these demons? And the Lord told them, this kind cometh only but by prayer and fasting. What was it? There was spiritual authority. You know, the battles that we face, this world that we live in, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. And if, if we are in spiritual warfare, then we need spiritual power. The arm of the flesh will not defeat a spiritual enemy. And here we find that Paul, uh, what did he do? He was in this storm. He fasted. You say, Pastor, what do I do? I'm in the middle of the storm. Fast. Pray and fast. Well, I, I don't want that. I just want God to get me out of the storm. Aren't we so human? But here, that was, that was what Paul was doing. Why did God put this in there for us to see? He's putting it for us to see that when we're in the storm, how did a spiritual individual respond? Fasting. Prayer and fasting is what he was doing. And so uh, I, I know that's just not an exciting part of this. You want me to go ahead, go ahead and go to the next point, don't you? Uh, let's just get past that one. Uh, but here we need to tarry. We need to tarry in the presence of God. Don't let the, the trial, don't let the, uh, the storm rob you of your time with him. Uh, and that fasting is something that will help us uh, to set aside time uh, for, for our prayer time. It'll set aside time for, for us to, uh, to show, hey, this is important to me. And I'm going to set uh, food aside. I'm going to set uh, maybe a meal aside. Maybe I'm going to set uh, food for a day aside. And, and, you know, it doesn't, every fast does not have to be a 20-day fast. Every fast doesn't have to be a five-day fast uh, or a three-day fast. Uh, a fast can be for a day. A fast can be for a meal. But we need to fast. But here, after many days, so we know Paul had fasted for many days. So fasting was a part of the response to the trouble. Uh, they recognized God was their only hope. You know, we can... We can try to figure everything out. You know, Christian, the doctor is not our hope. Let me say that again. The doctor is not our hope. 
You say, Pastor, are you against doctors? Yes. Not all of them, but just most of them. You know why? Because most of them think they are God. You know, as a believer, as a believer, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor, but as a believer, our hope isn't in the doctor. Our hope isn't in some magic pill. Our hope isn't just getting all of our ducks in a row. Our hope needs to be in God. Are we trusting him? And so how are we going to trust him? Uh, first of all, we've got to tarry. We need to tarry uh, with the Lord. I think I lost everybody as soon as I said something about a doctor. Fasting and a doctor in the same point, and I just lost everybody. Uh, but uh, uh, here, what do we do? First, we need to tarry. Secondly, we need to trust Acts 27, uh, look with me at verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You know what happens? That time with the Lord, tarrying with the Lord, will then increase our faith so we can trust the Lord. So we can trust him. And here, what do we need to do? We need to trust. We need to trust him. Uh, Paul here in verse, uh, uh, verse number 24, it said, uh, he said that, uh, uh, verse 23, for there stood be by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. Uh, he, was, he was serving the Lord and he was trusting the Lord and he was in the presence uh, of God's direction there. Uh, but, but we find that uh, Paul was an individual that was just trusting what God had communicated to him. God, God communicated some things to him when he was fasting and when he was praying. When he was tarrying with God, God communicated. We want God to communicate to us. We want him to tell us. But we don't want to spend time listening. And if we're going to be able to have our faith grow and we're going to trust First of all, we got to tarry. So we tarry. What does that lead to? That leads to trust. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Faith, pistis, faith, believe, pistuo. Uh, we find that this these words that all tie together. Same Greek uh, words. Uh, uh, the roots there. Uh, they are they are dealing with trust. And our faith is trust. And, and if we are, uh, are going to trust God, God says without faith, without trust, it's impossible to please him. Impossible. Let me tell you, we need God's favor, don't we? Especially in a storm, we need God's favor. We need God's help. And here what we find is that Paul was trusting God. He tarried, but then he trusted. Uh, and so uh, he said that uh, these all, uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen. these all died. When we look at Hebrews, it's the hall of faith here. And he lists all these believers. Verse 13, it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises 
but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Uh, what was it? These individuals, they were living in such a way. These were all people that, were, that died in their faith. These were people that uh, were go, had gone through storms, had gone through trials, and yet they stayed faithful. They, were, they didn't see the out of the storm. They didn't get delivered out of the storm. The Bible says these all died in faith. They all died in their faith, still being persuaded that God was able. Let me tell you, is God, let me ask you, is God able this morning? He is able. He is able, and God is able uh, to help us. And most of the time, he doesn't get us out of the storm. He gets us through the storm. God told Paul, listen, you have, you're going to stand before Caesar. Well, that's encouraging. <laughs> okay, it just means I'm going to die a little bit later. But here, he was going to stand before Caesar. He was, he was going to get to Rome, that, that destination that was originally planned. Uh, no loss of life was going to take place but of the ship. And Paul here, in his journeys, in his trials, in his working and serving the Lord, he saw that God was faithful in the past, and he could trust him in his presence. Christian, you can trust God. Trust him. You say, Pastor, that's easy to say. I know. It's easy to say. It might not be easy to do. But for the believer, everything ties up in our faith in God. If thou faintest in the day of adversity, thy strength is small, the Bible says. How is it that our faith is going to grow? Well, it'd be just great if we could just come to church and everything was going good and no problems. You know what? Our faith doesn't grow that way. Just like if I go down to the gym, and I go down to the gym and I sit there for an hour and look at all that great equipment. Man, that right there will really help my arms. That one right there, yeah, help my back and uh, strengthen my legs and have, man, I should do a leg day and I should have an arm day and yeah, work all, man, look at all these, this equipment and man, walk out the happiest guy in the world because I didn't pick up any weights. Being in the presence of where the weights were does not grow you. It does not build you. It does not strengthen you. What strengthens you is when you have to bear some of that weight. You know, Christian, we have to be persuaded that he is able. He will reward them that diligently seek him. He will. The trying of our faith, it works patience. God, God has a plan. He knows how to build that faith. And I don't know why some people have certain uh, battles and why some people have uh, health issues. Brother Billy's in the hospital this morning and uh, just got uh, good news from him uh, just a little bit ago. And they are, gonna, they are discharging him on Tuesday. 
I mean, just unbelievable. Praise the Lord. Uh, but there are people that have different burdens and, and pressures and trials and storms that they go through. But let me tell you, God has a plan. And in that plan, we've got to trust him. He knows our journey. He knows what's in our future. We need to tarry. We need to trust. You see that, that faith, that belief, uh, we've got to trust him. James 1.3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, 1 Peter 1.7, brother, uh, brother Franklin used this in Sunday school this morning, uh, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold uh, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, we've got we've to tarry but we've got to trust. But thirdly, we've got to tell. We've got to tell. Go back to Acts 27. We've got to tell. We've got to tell our story. We've got to tell our story. We've got to tell what we gleaned from tarrying with him. We've got, to, we've got to tell what, what we have learned in our trusting of him and how God has proved himself uh, faithful. Verse 25, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be as it was told me. And you know what? As you spend some time with God and as we trust God, now we have, we have something that we can tell other people. Uh, what is it? We have an opportunity to share how good God is, how faithful God has been, and that we can trust him even in the middle of the storm. What will that do? That will encourage other people. That is going to help somebody else that is in their journey. Somebody else that might be just looking at that storm. Maybe those clouds are just starting to billow and back up and they can see a storm coming. They know a problem's coming. Uh, what, what happens? You and I uh, that have been through that storm, we have tarried with the Lord. We have trusted him. Now we've got to tell somebody else about how good God is. Tell. Tell the story. Tell what, what has happened. Paul is communicating. Uh, he said, be of good cheer for I believe God. Uh, what is there? There's an exhortation that is here. He is exhorting other people. He's trying to help them uh, to get through that burden, that trial. They are facing a burden. They are facing a trial. Uh, all of them were in that together. Verse 22, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. So twice here, he says uh, in verse 22, and then again in verse 25, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. And, and here, what was it? Paul was not only the exhortation, but Paul was also being an example. Christian, your storm may not be about you. The trial that you're in might not be about you at all. There were 267 people on ship. And here what happened, we had someone who was going to be an example of what a believer was. Okay. How is that going to, how can I then use my, my burden? How then can I use this for good? 
How can God use this for good? Romans 8, 28, we all know it. If you know it, quote it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. What is it? God has a plan. And in that plan, you and I are a part of it. And in that plan, there's going to be a storm. In that plan, there's going to be a trial. There's going to be a heartache. And when those storms come, we've got to run to God and tarry. We've got to trust that his word is true. And it is. It is. And then we've got to tell other people. Why? Because there's somebody else that's watching. You and I have no idea who's watching us. There's a child, there's a coworker, there's a neighbor. Somebody is watching you. You know, there's a neighbor that watches you drive and leave your house every Sunday morning. You got a Bible under your hand or under your arm, they're watching. You know what? Your life outside of that moment means a whole lot. Because how we act, how we live, how we respond is what is going to express to other people what a believer is. There will be a light, an opportunity. The man's name was Bob. He was a mechanic, Brother, Brother Franklin, this morning. Just so many, so many thoughts that were, uh, that were uh, connecting. Uh, but he works in an in a auto repair shop. I was a mechanic. Uh, and uh, uh, worked on semis. And I was working uh, as a mechanic when I was in college, and, and I worked with some heathen guys. You want to you work in a, uh, you want to be around people that are heathen? Uh, milita- military, I hear there's a lot. Uh, but, uh, uh, but no, it, working in a shop, man, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, you had the pinups everywhere. You had the, the music going everywhere. There was just... Just, just being in a world where lost people are and you are a minority, man, it's, it gets ugly. And I remember I was working with a guy, his name was Bob. And Bob, here I was in my early 20s. And Bob was in his mid-50s. And his goal was to try to get me to laugh about something that was filthy. And he'd come up and, you know, I had to work with this guy every day. He, we'd talk, and he'd, he'd start telling a story. I said, well, Bob, I don't want to hear it. Oh, Bob, I don't want to hear it. Nope, Bob. <laughs> and I'd just, I'd just shut him up, or I would have to walk away. And sometimes he'd say, oh, no, okay, preacher, this is one that you can tell from the pulpit. And, uh, and he would. He'd call me preacher. And so uh, he's like, here, preacher, he says, this is one you, can call, you, could, you could tell from the pulpit. And he'd start to tell me, and going good, 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 and then right at the end or something. And, and it was, he was always trying to just throw stuff at me, challenging faith. And I had tried to witness to him and not, no opportunities. One day I come in and Bob was, he was off. There was something wrong. And I was finishing up some work. I was out on, 
out on the pad, railroad pad there, working on these semis and trailers. And so I was working there, and all of a sudden, Bob pulls up in his, we're mobile mechanics, he pulls up and comes over and starts talking to me. And lunchtime comes around a little bit later, and he's right there again. And here this mid-50s man starts opening up with all kinds of problems he's having in his life. Asking counsel of a dumb 22, 23-year-old kid. What was it? There was, when we live our faith, it will give opportunities later. I had the opportunity. He listened During that lunchtime, I opened up the entire plan of salvation and walked all the way through it. He didn't pray. I don't know whether or not he he accepted at a different time or not, but what I do know was that Bob listened to the whole plan of salvation. He listened. He saw that there was something that he was missing that I had. You know, the world is watching you as you walk through this trial. As you go through your storms, there are people that are watching. And that storm might be the exact thing that gives you entrance into their life to lead them. What was it that caused them now to listen to this prisoner, the Apostle Paul? It wasn't because he was an orator. It wasn't because uh, that he was, he was well known within the church. He was a prisoner on this ship, going to prison in, in Rome. Uh, but what was it that allowed him to have entrance, to be able to even communicate uh, to those on the ship? It was because he had faith. And he lived his faith in the middle of a storm, and it opened up some opportunities. Christian, God's with you. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's there. He knows. He knows about your your struggles. He knows there are people here that are dealing with relationship issues. There are others that are dealing with children uh, and uh, adult children. There are others that are dealing with uh, divorce. There There are people that are dealing with financial struggles and problems. There are so many different issues that people are going through. And as I'm talking about this storm, some uh, are, are going one, their mind is just consumed with the, the burden that they are facing. But those storms are there. God has a plan, and you and I not only need to tarry to get the strength, we need to trust God uh, in this storm, but next, we've got to tell other people. We've got to tell other people about what we believe. Paul said, I believe God. I believe God. He He was putting his faith right out there. He told them, There's not going to be any loss of life. Just the ship. Nobody's going to die. He put his faith out there to where if it didn't come true, they would have thought thought he was a liar, that his faith was not real. But what was it? In the midst of that trial, in the midst of that storm, he said, be of God good, what? Cheer. 
You know, cheer is the expression of joy. Be of good cheer. Now, I look at that situation as I'm reading it, and I'm like, Paul, what are you talking about? They're hanging on for their dear life, and you want them to smile? You want them to be happy? You know what he was doing? He was trying to get them to have some hope. They were at a place where all hope was lost. And Paul's walk with God gave him hope. Paul's walk with God, his faith gave him trust. And with that, he wanted to share it with other people. Because when you have that peace, you want other people to enjoy that as well. Be of good cheer. When all hope is lost. Pastor, what do we do when all hope is lost? Terry, spend time with God. Prayer and fasting. What do we do? Trust God. You say, well, he's not, he's not telling me anything. He's to told us all a whole bunch of things right here. There's not going to be any new revelation. He's not going to come down, tap you on the shoulder and say, do this, this, and this. He's given us his word. We've got to get into it. We've got to trust him. And then, not only is that trust, then tell somebody. You know, when you tell somebody that you trust God, the Bible says, Romans 1.17, now faith cometh by no, it says the just shall live by faith. No. So it's a different passage. Uh, it says, uh, the Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, you know what happens to your faith when you tell somebody else about your faith? Your faith is strengthened. So you're telling your faith, not just because you want to share it, you're telling your faith also as a way to encourage yourself. God's pretty smart. He knows how our mind works. He knows what we have to do to deal with the storms that we're going to face. When hope is lost, when hope is lost, but when hope is only lost, when we are not close to Christ, when we are not trusting. In, and, I, and I'm not saying that people that, that love the Lord can't get to a spot where our hope is lost. I believe we can, but we shouldn't stay there. When hope is lost, what do I do? I have to start taking some steps. I've got to start doing some things that will get me from that place of being lost with no hope to having that confidence and being of good cheer. That's where we want to be, and it's a process, but it's a process we can be we can, we can attain. Now, if you're here this morning and you're a child of God, everything that I just said is available to you. Everything. If you're here this morning and you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you've not accepted him as your personal savior. The Bible says that you're condemned already. There is no hope except in Christ. Christ, who is our hope. And without Christ, there is no hope. 
But in Christ, there is hope. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your goodness and, Lord, the soberness of this message. I pray that it would, uh, would just help us, Lord, to take some steps and uh, to recognize where we are in our life and uh, what we need to do. And I pray the Spirit of God would just uh, help us and strengthen us. Please meet needs as only you can. Uh, so speak to the hearts. Maybe, Lord, there's one here that does not know you as their Savior. I pray today that they would put their faith in you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. This morning, you say, Pastor, I am a child of God. I know Christ is my personal Savior. I know if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I, I have that confidence. Say, Pastor, that's me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray. Or let me see those hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put them down. There are some that did not raise their hands. Say, Pastor, I, I don't know. I don't have that confidence that I'm a child of God. I don't have that confidence that if I died, I'd go to heaven. I want to have that. I want to have that hope. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure, but I'd like to know. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. Pastor, pray for me. I don't have that hope. I don't have that, uh, that, that uh, confidence. I don't know if I died today and that I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. How about a child of God? Are you in a storm? You in a storm? Maybe there's something along the line this morning. The Lord spoke to his heart. Maybe it's that tearing. Maybe it's that trusting. Maybe it's that telling. Say, Lord, work to my heart. Father, I pray that you would help each and every one this morning. You know exactly the needs that we have. We pray that you'd work in your children's hearts. If there are those that are not saved, I pray today that they'd put their faith and trust in you. May the Spirit of God just draw and uh, give us what we need. Uh, may you uh, come and give uh, great uh, comfort and peace to your children, uh, Lord, that are going through the storms. And so just help us to sense your presence now in this invitation. Speak to hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. I don't know what the Lord has for you this morning. Maybe you worked on your heart as a child of God and you need to go bow a knee and a heart to the Lord and talk to him this morning. Maybe you're here and you just need somebody to pray with. You come. Uh, the men are down front and uh, we'll have someone pray with you this morning. Maybe there's a storm that you're facing and you need God's help. You respond. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.